urban, yeah, you know, urban league. Yeah, that they had headlines in, 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 the, in the black newspaper. The urban league won the rights of, of black sailor people for Sears Roper. Oh. And they weren't involved at all. And here you had accomplished that. Mm -hmm. And this is how the overall oh, majority of games was always won by black people. The, the guy that they give the credit to generally don't don't do nothing. This is a way of uh, maintaining their power. A way they can maintain the black right. over the black. Right. Because you, you know, ordinary people always looks to. Same sort of professional leadership, mm -hmm. lawyers, you, you know, lawyers, people feel like if they can get a lawyer, well, they they got the best people to to negotiate or win some for them. But they're the one that sells them out. But they don't want people to know that. So it's safe to say you were the power behind the throne. Yeah, other people. Uh, we had we, we had quite a picket line out there, mm -hmm. but naturally, uh, at that time, my organization was the one leading the picket line, and and uh, uh, so after these kids got, it, it was two boys about 15 years old. They they came out and joined that picket line, and so for whatever reason. Police picked on them, and, and uh, they beat up one of the boys. But we never was able to find uh, to catch up with it. But that's when they took you down. To well, I went down to the station. Yeah, that's when you went down. Yeah, that's when they arrested me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Were you there for long? No, uh, there was a minister. I don't know what sort of a minister he was. <laughs> you know, he wasn't passing no church. He, he was he, he was out on our picket line, yeah. so so uh, he told other people, you know how folks get get me out of it. They said they're gonna keep me for seventy two hours. I was supposed to go to work that night, so he got he organized the points, and and they start calling the chief of police and the mayor, and. Uh, about 10 o'clock, they decided to let me, <laughs> let me out. They let you out. Mm -hmm. would, you, was it, would it be safe to say that you were getting a name by that time? You were getting no, I never known. did really get a name. There, there was a number of us. Because our organization never would get a name. Mm -hmm. No more than a, a writer, some sort of a radical, radical group. We're known as a radical group. Right. We never did get the respect of the NACP, the Urban League, and these people got. Because these were professional people. Yeah. And yet you were doing the same. Yeah, we were sort of rousing people up and, and, uh, and uh, the powers that be would decide to sell but on the cell with the urban leg or the NACP, something like that. Is it safe to say you, you love the union? Yeah. Yeah. A union is very essential to the to the well being of of working people. It's just mm, the history of the union is not that good. One reason is, is when AFL, Nancy was organized a, a long time back. And, and uh, so, as far as black people was concerned, they never did come no sort of force in AFL. It was a long time before they could even join AFL. And when they could join, they could only work in a menial job. And uh, they didn't have a care for us in the union. 
they never cared for, for a boys in the union. In they, the union? No, they never cared for boys in the union. Carried a boys. Right. Okay. They never cared for boys in the union. So the only thing they got out of it was a little bit of pay. Now, are you talking about the Negroes? Did did work with, within the AFS? Okay. Uh -huh. Now, when the CIO was organized in 1935, uh, this is before they joined. This was before. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it was, you know, AFL go all the way back. You know, the AFL dates back to around uh, 1850, mm -hmm. something like around 1850. Well, the CIO was just organized in 1935. Well, at that time, the AFL was a very strong union, but they was they were very prejudiced. They would never organize low-income workers of no of no color. They was they primarily were skilled skilled workers. That's why the CIO, when it was organized, grew so fast. It was it was a tremendous and during that time there's tremendous amount of low income low paid workers in the factories. And these people were just being ignored. And when they was organized, they appealed to these kind of these these, these workers. And they joined by the thousands. I once uh, had someone tell me that the unions did more for people in this country than organized religion. Well, it depends on what they say. In terms of, of better wages and better working conditions, they did. Organized religion, they did not And we know organized religion was one of the main, main backbones of finance capital. You know, we know that. And so, it ain't necessary to try to hide that no more. Well, the, uh, the, the churches know it. The churches know people know that now. And so they don't try to hide it no more. Going back to uh, when they said you were a communist, um, did that go beyond just their saying it? Uh, or were you placed in any particular, well they labeled you, you said, but, but did that put you in any um, position that you had to defend yourself? No. You weren't called up into any court or any problems? No, I never had to defend myself. No House on American activities? Uh, it's, 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 it's just put your rumors out. And, and uh, it goes through the plant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nobody did anything to you? No. No physical harm? Mm -hmm. No. In, in, my, in my department, the white workers in my department for a long time, they, they act like that, you know, something was wrong with me. They didn't associate. <coughs> but they they weren't too bad if you if you consider it. But they would do this for maybe three, four days. It was just like a, some 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 something came out of the paper that would indicate I was out of communist. Well that's one thing the works in the plant would do, read the paper. And so Particular, you know, particular at that time, the globe, mm -hmm. which was the most reactionary thing in the world. And uh, if it was something that they would indicate that and they see it, well, they wouldn't probably wouldn't, wouldn't talk to me for about three, four days. After that, they saw it. Mm -hmm. It's just like normal. It's, it's just, it's just strange how people react. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, after a few days, it's like, no. Yeah, well, they, they forget, and plus they have their own things to think about. I guess so. It drifts off, yeah. and maybe there was no more. Yeah, I know one time there was an Indian. Yeah, he was not a full-blitz full Indian. 
he fought in mm-hmm. his, I think his, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, the wife didn't like him because he's Indian, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't associate with it. Mm-hmm. They told him to associate with me. Because you see, I was he came home and he talked to me, he talked to me. He told me what they said. But we, we got along fine. But uh, he was not, he, he was part, he's only part Indian. But show you how people are. Now, he married a woman, she was a German. And, and of course his uh, father-in-law hated him, and he hated his father-in-law. And, uh, but at the same time he was an Indian, he hated to be an Indian. But he hated whites. And, and, and he was a mess. I was going to say. He, he was. He was a mess. What happened to him? He got into one or two fights in the plant, and they didn't, for whatever reason, they didn't find him. But the last I, I know, though, that before I, before I retired, though, they let him go. For, for I never know for what. Probably for getting a fight. But he would fight, I'd go home. Mr. Walker, did you like who you were? I think so. Well, one thing I learned uh, very early that if you if you don't move the rank and file people, you don't get that much done. And people need leadership of all levels. And uh, so you sort of take a, a choice on, on where you stand and take a choice on how, how you stand. And uh, I know during the time of uh, Dr. King, uh, we had a lot of problems with uh, had a lot of problems with black people. You find it's so clear the wealth of the individual makes so much difference in how they think. The wealth? Mm-hmm. Their income. You mean, oh, their income. I didn't know if you meant self-worth no, kind of wealth or no, sorry, their income. money. Yeah, money. Okay. Made a lot of difference in how people thing, how to act, these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And more and more you would take take a, a look at it, you find that, that uh, you know, all of the talk about poor people, and a lot of them never thinks about it, that uh, the system never sets up anything to them to really improve poor people. They set up things to maybe help a few people, but not not no degree. And uh, people that have better job, good paying jobs, uh, sizable income where they are very independent and that kind of thing. They always stay halfway between poor people and the upper class. They ain't gonna support this either, not to no degree. And and following Dr. King, it is easy to learn if you want to learn that this was the problem he had. If he had got support from just, in, in, uh, of which he got support from a lot of other people, but if he had just got support from 
black people of all status. He could have he did a lot more. But to start with, he never won the support of black ministers. Uh, he won the support of just the ordinary people, almost 100%. But the, but the, the upper class among black people, he never did win them. After he won the such overwhelming majority of ordinary people, a lot of them come over, but they weren't strong supporters. They just act like they was. Because they were embarrassed not right. to. Right, right. But in terms of really supporting this position, and his position was different. Last week they had a, had a, a program on Channel 9, you know, you know, Tony Brown, you know, he comes on sometimes. And this uh, was in the, in the Reverend Walker that was one of Dr. King's closest supporters. He was, he was talking about this. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, he outlined a lot, a lot of it, a lot of this, how, how that, uh, it was another person, I didn't know him. He was a minister before, uh, you know, before King come along. But uh, King knew it and said, he said, now he was a guy that was totally out trying to convince the ministers in particular, because he said, this is where the money was. He said, it's amazing. The ministers uh, really pulls in a tremendous amount of money. And he was trying to convince them that the economic struggle, as far as he was concerned, was the main struggle. But say, he found he could not get the support of the, really the upper blacks. Or the other ministers. So what? Or the other ministers, you uh, said. Uh, uh, the other ministers is getting good pay. Now, is that for the same reason? Yeah, because uh, today you get less and less of black support from well, big income black people. And uh, the ordinary people, so like me and others, they always blame them, uh, you know, what they always call them, undertones. They'll never learn. Money don't have no color. You can be red, purple, blue, black, or any color. When you get enough money, you're going to be with whoever else of that money. They can be any color they want to. It's, 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 see, that's one of the why they, they call me what they did. Because I was a I was a, a, a pretty good student of Karl Marx, in which anybody claims that you suppose Karl Marx is communist, which ain't, ain't never all true. Uh, I don't think that, I, I'm, I'm not totally convinced that the communists were really part of Marx. Uh, I'm still convinced that Marx is right, but getting people to follow him is a different problem. He's right in, in, in finish, in, finish in, what you feel is in, in, in his theory. Uh -huh. The you have you have a class. Classless society. A class society. Classless. And he is—he was supporter of a classless society. Classless. And I don't care what color you is or what kind you is, 
you will support that classless society usually if you ain't got nothing. But when you when you reach a certain limit, you start moving the other way. Now, I'm not sure he saw that, how difficult that was. But I'm still convinced we can never have a peaceful war unless we do. Unless we have a classless society. Wars ain't a bit more necessary than nothing. Everybody knows that. Wars ain't necessary. But it, it maintains your, your society as a class of society. As a class society. Upper <laughs> class and lower class. And, and uh, particularly since around 1980, our country is moving in that direction faster than ever happened. You're getting more and more people homeless, hungry, poor, unemployed, and more and more people is millionaires. Our millionaire uh, production in this country is growing at, at the fastest rate that it, I think it ever have. So we're moving towards? We're moving towards uh, a society that is totally separated. Separated. Right. In place of uh, building a large middle class in which we in this country have always yeah. thought about, always tried to do. But, uh, Today on the radio coming down here, um, they were talking about the home as we, we used to know it, with the mother and the father and right. the children. It isn't. No, no, that's, that's gone. It's the 50s. That's gone. That's gone. And, and uh, this, is, this is the problem I've always had. I've always thought about it a lot because I've always studied Marx quite a bit. And, and uh, I've always felt that if we could ever get people to move in that direction. And, and you know, after speaking to two, three different ministers from Nicaragua, I come to the conclusion that was Reagan's main problem in Nicaragua. They so skillful, I, I never figured out how they could do it. They, 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 they. Who's, who's the ministers in Nicaragua, which was overwhelmingly it was Catholic, of course, because Central America is Catholic. But it was some Baptists and, and uh, Lutherans and you know, different denominations there. But, uh, but this, I was talking about the Catholic and the Baptist, and, and they said. See, the only way they could if they could do it was convince the rank and file, which was over well, the majority of the membership of the church, that they were being misled. Said we don't need denominations. So then they said, I'm a Catholic, you a Baptist, and, and, and we we ain't working together. Said we have to get together and exclude the guy on top because he's the one holding it down. And they separated the church, the top and the bottom. I don't know how they did it, but they, they did it. How did you happen to uh, begin to read Karl Marx? I was really, you know, well, that's when I first came to St. Louis, my brother was, was here. And these were some of the books he, he, he had, and I started reading them, and they, and they made sense. I had just probably not more than two years had, had left the church, and I started reading them, and they made so much, made a lot more sense than the church did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. Did you ever attend any meetings? So. Mm -hmm. What was it like? 
400. It was just study meetings, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, study for. And everybody spend their own opinion of, 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 of the thinking behind the writings and marks. And other, it, it wasn't just, just marks mm -hmm. that we studied, it, it was other. Theoreticians and, and people that basically writers that, that had belief in socialism. Mm -hmm. Black and white mm -hmm. meetings. Mm -hmm. And that must have. Well, that was a. Was that a good feeling in those that days? One. To be involved in. That one. Very good to be involved in that. With black and white. Mm -hmm. Within these kind of meetings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the one thing uh, I find is a number of churches now that do, the leadership do have a belief in socialism. Although the, the top leadership of the church don't agree with it. But ain't much thing to do about it. Uh, the only thing about it, I think their belief is a little—it's uh, a little off in one way. I—I I can never assume that you can elect socialists to government. Uh, you, you probably can elect somebody that said it's a socialist. But, uh, uh, usually, particularly in this country and probably other countries like probably Great Britain, Canada, these kind of, it's probably the same way in, in this country that if a person is a so it's real socialists and really believe in socialists, they will want to align to be elected. I don't think it will. I don't know how you can do it, but I don't think it will. And it might, after so long, it might in the, in the sometime in the near or, or, the, or the distant future, a lot happen. Depends on what kind of shape war gets in. You can in all prepared shape, but we are not having the kind of leadership, I know in this country, to help educate the ordinary people to what's you what's right and wrong. You must less socialism. Uh, our main Thrust today is power, and money. And who's who's going to be elected next? And is that's all they right. think right. about? Yeah, and, and we want to make sure whoever's elected is a person that's capable of maintaining the power. And, uh, and yet. In every country, mm -hmm. Mr. Walker, you take Russia, they, they are supposed to be the, the communist country, mm -hmm. and they've got their elite. Right. Their I, slave labor. I've studied, I've studied that quite a bit. Mm, I come to the conclusion that. that you can't build it the way they tried to, from the fact of people, you can't maintain enough people that's basically honest once they, once they get in a position of power, is to, to move in the right direction. Uh, I think as a, uh, I think as a war movement, I think the wind up with socialism as a war movement, not as an, you know, as an individual country, is 
I think country had to go through a lot of different uh, revolutionary ideas before they really make that change. At the at the time of the Bush Revolution. At the what? At the time of the revolution in the Soviet Union, they probably had enough people. But these people changed, so many of them changed when they when they had had the opportunity of getting power. Is that human nature? And that's what well that's the thing I've been wondering about. It, and and uh, when, when, what is human nature? I've heard several people say that was human nature for them to do that, but what is human nature? I don't either. But uh, <coughs> it probably takes a lot of, the processes have to go through a lot before you finally winds up with it. But it is a problem. Well, yes, the problem I find is that it takes, it's possible to take away the, um, oh, maybe the personal resources of each person, which makes us all right. so different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I thought about that myself. <coughs> the country did not <coughs> make all of the necessary all. to avoid people holding a position. And, and, and I, now that's the one thing about these 10 unions in this country I talk about. Their laws would not allow one person to stay in power to, you know, either two term, one term or two term, before he had to go back into the factory and start working. That was good. Yeah, that's how come the unions had to get rid of them. They couldn't afford, they couldn't afford 10 national unions to have these kind of laws. Pretty soon, you know, they have control of organized labor. So they had to get rid of them. We'll go a little while longer and then you can come back with Okay, all right. Well, probably when that came Okay. Yeah, uh, You can find a person now and then that could do that. But now, that was the one thing that I really thought a lot about the king. I think he was the one person that could do it. That could make? Could, that could get, that could do that without going back to some bad. Maintain make, his system. Make everybody equal? Right. I think he was one person that could do that. Now, you find the average person, you, you might not have paid no attention, but just by the average black person paid attention. <coughs> he was much different than him and his wife who was night and day. Mm -hmm. Difference between he and his wife? Mm -hmm. well, I know what I'm thinking, but what are you thinking? Well, she just had that middle-class attitude that she wasn't going to give up. But he didn't have it. Mm -mm. He didn't have it. And then she always did have it, but he never did have it. What was his attitude? Well, everybody equal. That was always his position. What are you saying, that she felt better? Right. She still had that attitude. She changed. Well, Mr. Walker, he came from the more upper right. class, and she came right. from a lower right. economic. Right. But maybe that. But it didn't work in that in that no. case. It just didn't work in that case. She always felt herself, self, uh. uh well, people, ordinary people feel that she felt herself better than other people. Maybe it's just a show. I mean, I don't know. I'm just well, well, it, yeah, but if you, if you maintain that show too long, well, yeah. that's just part of it. Yeah. But, 
But this, this is what, but he never did. During his whole time, he never did show that. And people pay, poor people pay that some attention. I don't care whether you got any education, they don't have to have, have no education, they pay that attention. Mm -hmm. well, you, you don't need an education to you feel. Pay, right, to feel that. And you don't need it to notice it no. in individuals. But, but and, some, and sometimes you're just your, that's all you need is your innate instincts. <laughs> right, right. To know. But, you this, know. Was, but this, this, was, this was really his record. He, he never did show that. He always maintained that you had to maintain yourself in the same position if you're going to hold out to, to look at all people alike. You, in no time should you yield to the ruling class in this country okay. or nothing. He gave hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a feeling that things could be accomplished. Right. And I think people will always see him like that. I know I will. He, he, you know, he, he was just, he was just a guy, for whatever reason, this is the way he was. Tell me about where you were when you heard that he had been shot. Well, where was I? Oh, yeah, I, it was, I just come from work, I just come from work when I heard it. No, when I first saw it, I didn't, didn't much believe it. No, you didn't? No. No. But it wasn't long before I did believe it. Did you cry? I'm not sure. But I, I should have felt bad about it. Mm -hmm. he, he, it seemed like he was the only hope at that time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Besides feeling bad, what else did you feel? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just. It's feeling that you, I guess, it's difficult to describe. Because I never looked at anybody like that. But he, he had gained all of my confidence in him on issues like we was heading into the struggles against all of the evils within our society. And these are the things that keeps so many people confused. You know, I'm talking about people that really, it's just simply confused. He kept them for me. No, yeah, he, he, he would help people. Because the majority of our leadership ain't that bad. They're just confused. What, well, what are they confused about? <coughs> So many things, well, you'll find okay, it's just a simple thing. Just like Congressman Clay, he won the confidence of such large amount of particular black people in St. Louis, or well majority. But uh, <clears throat> since he's been in Congress, he, he, he pulls a stunt now and then that confuses more and more people. Don't know where he is. Yeah. Don't know which side of the fence is on. Uh, well, if you if you understand people, then you will understand why he is. One thing is a politician. Another thing, he's living good. He's living what's called respectable as a uh, society. Society plays a role that is hard to determine what society really do to people. And so, you know, it's just like the, the, the question of uh, teaming up with Shane. But, you know, I didn't look at that like the, like the majority of people looked at it. I didn't think it was so bad. As a politician, I, I don't think it was bad at all. A politician, you know, years ago, he was basically honest with what he said. He 
never had prominent enemies, neither prominent friends. Well, the average politician don't have that. He had neither prominent, prominent friends or prominent enemies. Right. Politicians don't have that. Whatever they can get out of them, uh, wheeling and dealing, that's what they do. So, uh, you know, a number of years ago when you got... Uh, so uh, you're giving them good marks for that? Well, in some ways, of course, the bad marks was coming before that and made this look bad to, to people. You know, when he supported Shameless, uh, destruction of hospitals in a lot of ways. He's, number of things, you know, he was in and out of shame. One day he was his friend, next day he's the enemy. Well, people couldn't understand that. Because people couldn't understand politicians. Well, they, they look to them, uh, or they used to. I think most people are pretty uh, hardened by now. But they, they look to them for leadership and uh, a way out of this or I don't know why. <laughs> their record is not too good, is it? Well, I think if we... President Eisenhower, I think it was Eisenhower. Mm -hmm. Now, now and then, these guys are telling the truth. The biggest lie is to tell the truth. You know, he, he said, I think it was after he left the president, he says, politicians and leaders of state will never have peace. So the only way you get peace is people have to make it. Well, that, that, that applies to every other thing. The only way you get anything, people have to make it. Politicians ain't going to ever get nothing. They ain't going to rob you on every hand. It's the only thing that, you know, I, I just didn't go that far with it. It was just the issue. You, you know, I think he really wanted peace. I think Eisenhower really wanted peace. He just didn't know how to, how he's going to get, he probably was the only one among all the thousands of thieves up there that wanted to keep on wall. So he, to stay there, he had to, he had to go along with it. But, uh, If people don't make the change, it won't be a change. That's the whole history of whether it's religion, whether it's politics, or whether it's, I don't care what it is. People have to make the change. Our unions? Yeah, our unions. The unions are a good, it's a good example. And people just haven't learned that yet. Well, you always have new people coming up. You have to. Right. Take care. Well, uh, well, people haven't thought about one thing. All people is divided. Working people, particularly. When you get a certain amount of money, you always join the other guys up there with money, and they accept you. But working people don't. Whether it's, whether it's nationalities, or whether it's the color, whether it's religion, or whatnot. I'm a Lutheran, he's a Baptist, he's a Catholic. None of them would join together and work together. Mm -mm. Now why? We don't know why though, do we? The, well, I have a guess. I said that the, that the ruling class is one of the smartest people there are. They can use everything to keep Working people separated. Keep all people divided. All people divided. Once people come together, that ends that. It, in, it ends that domination. And, and I, I'm convinced that will happen. Mm -hmm. I'm convinced it will. I don't think people will give up. Don't care how many, I don't care what countries it is, don't care how how down on people they are, how many people they kill, how many people whatnot. 
you still find people will come back, fight back. Mr. Walker, what 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 did you want to be when you grew up? When I grew up, I didn't particularly, I didn't thought about what I'd be. When you were yet little? Yeah, when I was little, I can, I can remember when my oldest son was little, I know, I know, I know, I know early he expressed what he wanted to be. What do you want but, to be? Well, he really expressed what he wanted to be, but he didn't know what he wanted to be. He wanted to be an A-Bailer, he said. But he didn't really want to be an A-Bailer. You find out after after he keep talking, he wanted to be whatever it was he made the most money. And that's a normal thing with people. Uh, our society teaches people that. They don't teach people about peaceful ways. They don't teach people about love, these kind of things. It's how you don't make the most money. And that was Oh, or he would change two, three times a year. <laughs> what he wanted to be. He found something he could make more money out of it. What did he finally do? Well, now he's in real estate, which is the worst job you can have. Um, you, you're a real student. Well, well, I'm just a philosopher never, of life. People in the times? Well, since I've been up to, or since I've been up to around 50, 55 years old, I think I've changed uh, to want to do things that I felt would be the, big, the biggest advantage to the most people. And particularly after King came into existence. That strengthened my position in this field a lot. Uh, I just don't see, you know, you start thinking. Poison, born, like, he don't know how he got here, nothing. He don't know what it is. He still don't know. He don't know nothing. But, you know, so it seems the only thing for people to do is to build the best world they can build. It seems like to me. Because the only thing you can do is build a life, one life you know, You ain't got no other way. You ain't got no other way out. How'd you get back to the church? That's how. Church. This was the first church I came to after after I come back to the church. And that was the pastor I used to be a real progressive guy. He was black. And and uh, he convinced me that Come back to the, if I come to the church, then we could do things and be in the interest of people. Mm -hmm. Did it happen? Uh, not immediately, but uh, I learned that it's going to be a, a real fight for that to happen in any church. In it. And, and, uh, this one, and I think, I, I'm, and this one probably was the best there was in the city. Uh, and I think in the, at the last Lutheran Convention, probably it's the outstanding national church that really wants to do something. I know a, a, a lot of people really want to do things, do some things. They have a lot of hope, you know, hindrance and these kind of things. But I think that they're serious about wanting to do something. Today is um, March 15th, 1989, and it's Sister Prince, and I'm interviewing Herschel Walker for our second interview. Um, okay, we'll just let this tape run, Herschel, because uh, we'll just.
look at what you brought. I asked uh, I asked you to bring some things that you had, and so why don't you show me what what we've got here? Now this have a, a whole have more information than I've ever. More information on, than what? On, on on the question of the you know we're talking about the Negro Labor Council, right? That's uh. All right, let, let me just, we, we talked a lot about, we talked in a lot of, some specifics in general, and a lot of generalities uh, and ideas last time. And besides the unemployment movement, you belong to the Negro Labor, Labor Council, the National Alliance Against Racism and Political Repression. You were, belong to the Civil Rights Congress? Yeah. And? No. Uh. Let me just get this last uh, one in. Okay. The International Labor Defense, which was a civil rights. Is that, was that a civil rights? Uh, the International No, Labor that was your defense union. Was a, was, was a defense organization at that time. Mm -hmm. No, it was not officially uh, connected with the civil rights, with the civil rights movement. That's the one that was an organization in defense of labor and the one that originally fought for the Scottsboro Boys. Right. Okay. So now, right, you've got a book. Now, you, you, you can uh, look at this. Okay. You need to look at that's, that's information on the, on the, on the Negro Labor Council. The National Negro Labor Council, yeah. 51 to 55. Okay, I will. Now like you can handle that whichever way you rather handle. Hmm? You can you can handle that whichever way you rather. Okay. Well, I would like to maybe take it home and read it. Okay. If you would allow that. Okay. okay. Um. All right. What 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 else? Uh, this. Uh, but, but this whole book is Organized Labor and the Black Worker, right. 16, that, that whole, that whole 1619 book. to 1981. Yes, right. That's from a, from a very famous writer who did that. Philip Boner? Yeah, he, he did a tremendous amount of writing, and the majority of his writing was, a, well, a lot of it, I ain't never seen that, remember, but the, a large section of his writing was on the Negro and the, he, he did a lot of writing on Negro in the South mm -hmm. and and around slavery and a lot of the things. Yeah, he did a lot of writing on that. This, this is just a, a, a thing, sort of a particular thing, which one which of the alliance, the national alliance. And we have the local branch here. Mm -hmm. Okay, and this is a, this is, this is a, from an, Human Rights Awards luncheon in 1988 in New York. Oh, so you went? Yeah. It's uh, the luncheon. Yeah. But we do have a local chapter here. Uh, now you went as as what? Well, well, well I was a head of the local branch here. I see. And so I just went as a as a. I see some interesting names here. Reverend Fred Shuttlesworth. Yeah. Now that's something that you can you can keep it for. Keep this? Yeah, yeah. Do you have another one? Yeah, yeah, you can keep that. Oh well thank you. And you, and you can keep that too. That's that's about that. Alright. Yeah. This is a brochure explaining the the lines, okay. This is great. Thank you for. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, this is not. I was never a part of this, as per se. You know, this this is just dealt with the. I guess you remember, you know, the whole 
thing in 1939, the sitting people was put out on the streets. I guess you read about that quite a bit, haven't you? Well, you, you go ahead. But, but, but that's what that's dealing with. Now, the only part of that, they had contact, these people, the, that was a part of the Sharecroppers Union. Uh -huh. We had contact in St. Louis. And I was a part of the people in St. Louis that supported them. Okay. That's all. Oh, I wasn't a member of the Shell Union or nothing like that. Yeah. The, it's, it's one article in there by Reverend Whitfield. Now, uh, he, after he was run out from, from Southeast Missouri, he came to St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And uh, we worked together quite a bit. And uh, he supported, he continued to support the Shell Union. And that's what that, that's about. Okay. I know I, you might have, might have been interested in that. I'm interested in everything that has to do with you, but I am not familiar with this, and I, I have to be upfront about that. Um, but now, this is a material that you can keep for, that, that you can keep for a while, and this book here you can keep for a while, but I'd like to have this book and that book back. Okay. But the rest of it, you know, I didn't bring a form, but we'll write our no. own form as to what I have and what I want to bring back. That, that's about the, you know, I got, I got no more copies. You know, you got one. This is the same thing you got. Okay. Yeah. One, isn't it? Um, what's the pink book oh. over this? there you took out? Oh, well, this is a... Uh, I would never, this was written by, you You know this guy, Ernest Calloway. Oh, Calibre. Ernest Calloway, yes. This is a, a, a thing, a lot of notes in, in relation to community union, you know, Calloway was, a, uh, was an official union man. Uh -huh. And that you could look at if you want to look at it. Okay, mm -hmm. I would like to. Now this, oh, this is everywhere. This isn't just St. Louis. This is yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I, I know you might want to see it. I do? He, he, he probably one of the best union writers that was in this area. Calloway was. Yeah, yeah. Before he had his stroke. Yeah. Uh -huh. I spoke to his wife. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, this is a... I don't think it would be This is concerning the National Alliance. Mm -hmm. uh, you probably wouldn't be interested in that. That's just Dragon a little Dragging in the right lane, you're trying to take the South back to the days of also. Mm -hmm. Turn the clock back in the whole country. Okay. You know, but if, if you want to keep that, you can. Uh-huh, okay. Now, while we're, while we're talking about this, thank you, Herschel, I appreciate it. I'm gonna make a little note here. You want back? That. Book on organized labor. Roll the union on, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Back. Callaway. Yeah, but the rest I wouldn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Eight, six, three, six, four, six, eight. 
usually we yeah. have a certain kind of form, and I just don't, okay. don't, no, that's all right. don't this, have this, one, but I do want to make a note so that mm -hmm. you Thank you. That was very nice of you to, mm -hmm. to do that. Um, okay. We, as I said, we talked about lots of your background, your general background, and some specific things that you did. I, I want to ask you one question. It's, it's almost, is it as simple as it sounds, Herschel, that when you came to St. Louis, you, you read a book that your brother had by Karl Marx, and you became involved in this, or was there anything else that well, made the, you? Well, one thing, it was, it was, you know, that was the earlier time of the unemployment. The unemployment movement just kept growing because more and more people got unemployed. I'm trying just to get inside you a little bit, you yeah. know. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, reading this helped, but it wasn't totally the, the thing because, because more and more people was facing unemployment and people were more active than they is now with uh, trying to resist it. Mm -hmm. And, and so it was normal that I would, well, I, I just considered it normal, that I, that I would get involved in a thing that you could see growing at such a rapid rate, unemployed people, and, uh, and the demand for some help. And so I've become involved, you know. And the longer you're involved, the more things you get involved with. Well, I was thinking in terms of, of the very beginning, would you would you would it be safe to say that it took the place of the the church for you for a while? No, I don't think so. It really well, it could have something because it was it wasn't long after I left the church when I because I was in Memphis. See, I was in Memphis and. Uh, I was very active in the church. And so when I come to St. Louis, which uh, about a couple of years after that, well, then I got involved in this. And uh, I probably hadn't been as conscious of it as it would, uh, you know, unconscious of the fact that I wanted something to be involved in. And I was disappointed at the church. And so I saw here where something I could get involved in that would help. And uh, and uh, at that time I wasn't I wasn't uh, uh, probably conscious of the fact that my involvement in something helped people was it was still with me, but and I couldn't find it in the church. Okay, could we? Uh do this, discuss your activities in, uh, in a chronological way this morning um, by asking you to put it in some kind of time frame, what you joined, when you joined it, and what you did in each one, like where you were working. Uh, I, w I want to get a, um, an idea of how, how it was formed that way. Um, you were involved when you came here in the unemployment movement, mm -hmm. and that year was, you ascertained that. Uh, tell me again, you came to St. Louis in what year? You were 17. No, I was 17 when I went to Memphis. When, when you I went come, to Memphis. When I came okay. to St. Louis, I was 20. Okay, so that was uh, thir 29. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, the last part of 29. Okay. Uh, and, uh, in, you know, 1930 mm -hmm. was, uh, was, well, I didn't have time to get active, no time to get active or nothing in 29, mm -hmm. so I didn't get here until mm -hmm. December. Mm -hmm. yeah, but in the uh, other part of uh, 30 is when I started getting active. Uh, about a day. Uh, in in uh, where the youth was active, mm 
in in the demand for jobs and uh, and uh, welfare and these kinds of things. I did not get involved in organized labor until way later on.